Today is the deadline day. We will find out if wide receiver Mike Williams is going to be franchise tagged by the Chargers. We'll make our final predictions today and talk about all these crazy Chargers free agency rumors like J.C. Jackson, Traverius Ward, Stephon Gilmore, and more all on today's Locked On Chargers podcast. You are Locked On Chargers. Your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons now, going into our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team Every day, the only daily Chargers podcast. And you can find us on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe there to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel. And also find us for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But, David, today is the day. And we don't know when you guys are watching this. So, Mike Williams could have already been signed to the franchise tag. Or he could, you know, they could have already declined it. But depending on what time. Because the deadline is today, Tuesday, March 8th at 4 p.m. Eastern time. And so we'll make our final predictions on what we think the Chargers are going to do based on the reports that are out there and everything that we've heard. But there's also some crazy free agency rumors. I mean, J.C. Jackson and Stephon Gilmore out of nowhere. You know, supposedly the Chargers are in the game. We know they need cornerback help. Maybe they go a little cheaper. Maybe they go Charverius Ward, right? And we'll get into that in the last segment. Or maybe they just go, you know, all in and bring in somebody like Von Miller, who might not be staying in L.A. with the Rams. Maybe he wants to stay in L.A. with the Chargers. But, David, I mean, Mike Williams has really dominated the news cycle for the Chargers during this entire offseason. And now it comes down to today. So as we're recording this, it is Monday night. There have been some franchise tags that have been signed already, right? We've seen Jesse Bates signed with the Bengals. We've seen Orlando Brown Jr. signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. It's now it's time to put our prediction on what we think the Chargers are going to do. So, David, as people are hearing this, the decision might have already happened. But as we're sitting here right now, it hasn't. So do you think the Chargers are going to franchise tag Mike Williams before today's deadline? Before I get into my answer, people who are watching on YouTube, yes, I'm wearing a red shirt. And <laughs> that doesn't matter. That's obviously. what you're worried about right now? Yes, that's what I'm worried about. No, I'm just kidding. Um, absolutely. I, I think there's no question at all that the Chargers are going to franchise tag Mike Williams. We have seen reports out there that they could be getting close to a deal, um, but they're not. nothing's imminent yet. I mean, that's all that we've really heard. We know that the organization loves Mike Williams. Um, they have made that very clear in pretty much every single press conference that they have uh, brought up Mike Williams' name. Um, I think that there is a contract in the future here, um, but that contract first starts with the franchise tag. Yeah, and I mean, we know that the Chargers have been reported to want to get a deal done. You know, Tom Telesco said that would be his preference, right, to get a deal done with Mike Williams. And we know if the Chargers do a multi-year deal, it saves them some salary cap space in 2022, which could be very important. If not, you take the full $18.419 million on the cap this season. Or eight, yeah, so I mean, that's a lot of money that you can't move around, right? It's all one-year deal. But you also can have him kind of go do it again, right? After we've seen his best season ever, do it again. Show us you can do it consistently. Show us it was the offensive fit that did it, right? And I understand both sides of it. 
I think the other part of it just is, is this the right decision, right? Because now you know he's either going to be back on a huge cap hit in 2022, or you know he's going to have a multi-year deal, so you're going to be pouring guaranteed money into a guy who's only had one top flight season where he's put it all together, over 1,100 receiving yards, nine receiving touchdowns. It is a tough decision, right? And that's why we haven't really been going back and forth, but we also know how hard it would be to replace him. And it just feels like, David, at this point, if the Chargers can't franchise tag him or if they don't buy today's deadline, he hits the open market, he's going to be gone. Oh, there's no question. Yeah, absolutely, Daniel. I mean, if the Chargers don't franchise tag Mike Williams for whatever reason, the the likelihood of them being able to get a long-term extension done before the legal tampering period next week, uh, I think is slim to none. I think if they do not franchise tag him, there is going to be absolutely no shortage of suitors for Mike Williams' services. He's a tough player. He's a physical player. He can go up and get the football in those contested catch situations. Um, he's big in the big moments. He's you know he's made those big catches when the Chargers have needed him. Obviously, that is going to be coveted around the league. Who wouldn't want a six foot four, six foot five wide receiver that can go up and get the ball when the game is on the line? That is extremely valuable. Um, but for me uh, and the Chargers, hopefully, uh, you you know you put more faith in the devil you know versus the devil you don't. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that, and like I think. It's hard to say a free agent could come in, even with some big free agent names out there, and we'll have a better idea of who ends up getting franchise tagged and who will be available because someone like Chris Godwin, you know, is expected to get franchise tagged as we're sitting here. And so that's another guy at the table. There's guys like Allen Robinson, but it's still hard for me to believe one of those guys is going to come in here, put up 1,150 receiving yards and nine touchdowns and just be such a good fit in this new Chargers offense because he was really efficient as well. I mean, yeah, he's not super quick. He's not getting separation quickly. He does struggle with that at times. But at the same time, he still makes a ton of big plays, right? He was your best vertical threat, and you still feel like you need to add to that. But that would only bring more out of his game, right? Because then you have less attention to put towards him and Keenan Allen and stuff like that. So, like, I do think for the Chargers, it is the right decision to franchise tag him. And even if you're going to let him play it out, right, and just make him prove it one more time, you kind of had to lock him up because there's no clear replacement on the roster. I mean, Josh Palmer, I think, could make a step in this upcoming season, but it's hard to just totally put all of your hopes on a guy that you've seen in one season, right? And had about as many snaps as Jalen Guyton. And we know Jalen Guyton's not, you know, the answer for the future. So I do think that with Mike Williams, it is a big risk, David. I mean, to put this much money, to tie up this much cap, and you just have to hope the Chargers, whether it's extending him, lowering that first year cap, right? Or if they keep him on that franchise tag, that they find other ways to still be aggressive and still add to this team in other places in free agency and then obviously in the draft. Well, thankfully, Daniel, the Chargers are not in cap hell. Uh, that's one good thing that you have to give credit to Tom Telesco about is that the Chargers are one of the healthiest cap situations and healthiest dead cap situation teams in the NFL. So if any team is equipped to be able to make a move like this, to be able to accommodate a heavy one-year cap hit, it is the Chargers. The Chargers have a quarterback on a rookie contract. They have a couple of large contracts, you know, with Joey Bosa and Keenan Allen. But right now, they don't have a lot of large money deals. So if there was ever a time frame in the Chargers, you know, 10-year organization to be able to, to take on a $18-plus million cap it for one year, the time is right now. It is, but I think at the same time, there's a couple different factors. A lot of it has to do with, hey, you don't have a lot of guys signed right now to your roster because even though there's not a ton of huge names heading into free agency for the Chargers, still a lot of names, right? Still a lot of players. And 
you do have some big contracts, right? You do have Keenan Allen signed to a big deal. You do have Joey Bosa. You do have Corey Lindsley and those guys signed to big deals. And we know part of the reason the Chargers are in such good space is because the lack of dead cap that they've accrued over the last few seasons, the Chargers getting themselves to such a healthy spot. And also thinking about a Derwin James extension, right, during this season or this offseason, potentially a Justin Herbert extension when that rolls around. I think they should just kind of let that stuff go because, like, I think that the salary cap is just going to keep ballooning and keep getting higher and higher. Well, they got the big TV contracts that are going to kick in uh, apparently next year, which could send the the cap into the into orbit. Like, sure, like we could look at these contracts totally different a couple of seasons from now, right? I mean, if if Mike Williams really can be had, you know, if it's a franchise tag and they get him around seventeen, eighteen million, that might not seem like that much for a receiver a couple of seasons from now, especially with some big time receivers, you know, getting being really close to getting paid soon and having to be paid big time when that time rolls around, right? So I do think there's a few different ways to look at it, but at the same time, there still should be a way for the Chargers, and they'll have to make some sacrifices, obviously, to have Mike Williams on that franchise tag and still have enough wiggle room to add to the, some of the huge areas of need in free agency to set them up self, set themselves up better for the draft. And I think, you know, some of those guys could take those big needs off the table, and one of those guys is J.C. Jackson, because I think you'd feel a lot different about how you feel about the Chargers cornerbacks, right? If you knew J.C. Jackson was going to be on the Chargers next year, but that's another big-time contract that they're going to have to sign, right? And that's something that would take away from their area, you know, their ability to add to different positions. So we'll talk about some rumors that Chargers could be targeting J.C. Jackson and also Stephon Gilmore and talk about how we feel about that. But those seem like pretty risky bets. But the one place I place all my bets is with BetOnline.net, and it's the best time of year to be on betonline.net because it's March Madness. I don't know if you guys have been watching everything going on. It just it hasn't even started. The tournament hasn't even started yet, and college basketball is just going bananas with buzzer beaters and big-time upsets, and that's what time of year it is. It's time for upsets. It's time for big winners. It's time for you guys to go to betonline.net and find the best place for all the best props and all the best odds, lines, and props that you're going to find at any betting service around. And with betonline.net, you know you're going to be getting the biggest tournaments and the biggest celebration of all the big sporting events going on. I mean, you can even bet on the draft. I mean, the draft is coming up. There's a ton of prop bets revolving around the draft. You guys can get in on that action. I love prop bets, and they have the best prop bets around. It's just I love creative things. Give me the Super Bowl. Give me halftime, you know, coin tosses and things like that to bet on. BetOnline has all of those things going for them. And all you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about it today because BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, David. Well, one thing that we don't often hear from the Chargers is rumors, things coming out, things getting leaked from the front office. But there have been some rumors about lately, especially with the Chargers and free agents out there. And we know that with the decisions they have to make on guys like Mike Williams and Uchen Nwosu and Kazir White, Justin Jones, those guys, we don't know exactly what aggressive looks like for them in free agency. But we do know there are some big time names out there. And when you start hearing rumors about it, I think it's time to kind of suss out what should be taken seriously and what shouldn't be, right? Because that's the one thing we know about the Chargers is how notoriously tight-lipped that they are. And I think that's something, you know, and if you need to find out what other teams need and who could be potentially telling the truth, make sure you guys follow Locked On NFL, where you can get experts from all around the league covering the entire league in 30 minutes every day, Monday through Friday, and for you wherever you get your podcast from. But I don't know about these rumors, David, because they're big-time names. It was Mike Garofalo who said, keep an eye on the Chargers in free agent corner market. 
They could be in the mix for Gilmore and or Jackson. And the last thing we heard, David, was Brandon Staley telling everybody who would listen how much he loves cornerbacks. Which, when the, the, the rumors and the reports came out that the Chargers were linked to J.C. Jackson, I could not wipe the smile <laughs> off my face because this is a guy I have talked about numerous times on this podcast that is the big fish as far as I'm concerned. I think he is one of the biggest free agents available this offseason. Yeah. The Chargers need a true number one corner. J.C. Jackson is absolutely that. He is 26 years old. He is in the prime of his career. He is a turnover machine. This is a guy, yeah, it's going to cost you a lot, but you don't get a lot of true number one corners in the prime of their career available and ready to sign. And we don't know how much interest there really is from the Chargers, but what we do know is that all the reports say that he's likely not going back to New England. So he's not going to get the franchise tag, right? They're not going to be able to retain him probably, which means that he's at least on the market, right? Yeah, and I mean, he's been pretty outwardly, you know, upset about the interest or lack thereof that he's gotten from the Patriots. So he could be moving. That contract's going to be a lot. According to Pro Football Focus, it's projected 14 years, 18 million per season, 72 million. Yeah, 18 million per season, 56 guaranteed. So, like, I mean, that's, that's a lot of money, but... What it would potentially do is give Brandon that Jalen Ramsey type of player. He's not Jalen Ramsey, obviously. Yeah. He's not. I mean, there's one of those dudes, right? But Absolutely. at the same time, is what he gives you is he gives you a chance to put a corner on the outside, say, hey, you're going one-on-one with this dude, and then shade the rest of your defense accordingly, knowing that that threat is kind of off the table, or at least you're willing to deal with whatever that dude does because you know he's not going to go off against J.C. Jackson. And if he keeps targeting J.C. Jackson, He's probably going to get intercepted because J.C. Jackson has 22 interceptions over the past three seasons. So I think especially with that kind of, you know, capability of turning the ball over, being that good of a ball hawk is such a really enticing thing for the Chargers who lack in that area and they lack in tackling. You know, they lack in a lot of places. This dude would bring a lot of that to the table. Well, J.C. Jackson just has a really, you know, really nice skill set. And you look at you look at the uh, the stats that he's able to bring to the table here. Ninety eight targets, only fifty receptions allowed. Eight interceptions this year. Uh, passer rating allowed of forty seven point eight. Never allowed a reception percentage over fifty four point seven percent in his career. He has been dominant every single year he has been in the NFL. He has only allowed nine touchdowns in four seasons, Daniel. This is the manifestation of a number one corner. 25 interceptions in four years is absolutely insane. He is yeah. on track to have you know 50 plus interceptions in his career if he continues on this pace. JC Jackson is a guy, like you said, you put him on one side of the of, of the field and you feel very good that that side's gonna get shut down. And man, just imagine that kind of power with a Derwin James and a Joey Bosa rushing after the quarterback when you got guys that you really trust that are going to be able to cover on the back end. And I think the only thing about this is like, I mean, and I said, you know, he helps tackling. He, he's a hit or miss tackler. It's not like he's not willing to do it, but he does have 17 missed tackles over the last two seasons. So, I mean, that's definitely somewhat of a concern, but when you're also, you know, 15 interceptions, like crazy 17, amount of interceptions yeah. over that same time frame, like you'll deal with a couple of missed tackles when you're bringing oh, that. Yeah. To the table, but I think the biggest thing though is like, especially if you're going to franchise tag Mike Williams, right? Then you're spending a you know almost twenty million on you know someone like J.C. Jackson. 
Now what, you know, what sacrifices are you going to have to make on the guys you can't bring back? How much does that limit who else you can bring in to fill other holes? Because obviously corner is a big need. Talked about corners in the first round, like yesterday with Andrew Booth Jr. But there's also a lot of other big needs in the defense just needs a lot of players over there, impact players on the defensive side. Still, it, it definitely handicaps you from being able to add to other positions, but you get one top-tier guy in going into the prime of his career. You better hope it translates, right? You better – it's it's a lot – it would be a lot harder for him to outplay that contract, right? Oh, yeah. Hard, it's hard to outplay you know $18 million per season. But the other guy that he was linked to in the report was Stephon Gilmore, which is an interesting one. Because Stephon Gilmore, the stock has gone down very much. Like, it's easy to forget that this dude was, you know, borderline Revis Island a couple of years ago where he was Absolutely. just getting that kind of all-star treatment. But it's also been, you know, two years since we've seen him at a truly elite form. And then you also add in the fact that he missed 14 games over the past two seasons. And that makes this a much trickier situation, David. It definitely does. Also, you know, Stefan Gilmore is a 10-year vet. He's been in the NFL a long time. Older he's, 31, sure. he's 31 years old. So, I mean, anytime you're looking at a corner um, that's over the age of 30, it's, it always gives you a little bit of pause. But I think this is a guy that if you don't want to spend the big bucks on J.C. Jackson, um, this is a guy you're probably, you can probably bring into the fold for, you know, to what, 10 to $13 million or so. $14 million at least projected. The projected contract is two years, $14 million, $28 million total. Gotcha. I mean, this is another guy also only allowed 56% reception percentage in his career. So very, very solid <laughs> from beginning to end. Although the last two seasons, 64.3% and 68.2%. So that is trending in the wrong direction. But I think this is a candidate uh, that still has great size and still has some coverage ability. If he's healthy, um, it is going to obviously a little bit of a risk, but um, he definitely has that pedigree and that profile to come in. And if he is healthy, you can still get some good football out of him. Yeah, and I mean, it's tough because he still played well last year. I mean, even with that completion percentage, it was only 10 yards per catch that he allowed, 7 yards per target, a passer rating of 80.7 when he was targeted. So it's like it, it wasn't bad. He did give up two touchdowns, but also had two interceptions. He can still be a really good corner. I just don't know, you know, especially just the missed games are the biggest thing for me. Missing 14 yeah. games over those seasons. Yeah, and, you know, he was holding out and stuff like that. I mean it's tough. I, I would be, I would like to take a flyer on somebody like that, but to give him 14 mil with not that much room to spread it out, so that'd be a tough flyer. Sell. Yeah, it is. Right. Flyer. And I mean, but the, obviously the upside there is tremendous where, you know, if it does work out now, he's your number one corner. And now Asante Samuel Jr. is a corner, you know, CB two, Michael Davis, potentially CB three, like that feels a lot better than what the current situation is. And you go into the draft at a place of strength. Right. And I think, the Chargers are going to really have to hope that the new culture, right, that they've brought in and, and how the vibe of the Chargers, especially with the player relationships and things, are going to help them in free agency because it does feel like they are a family, right? But yeah. when I need an auto bar, I go to a place I know, Run Bay, nice family-owned business. And, of course, I'm talking about rockauto.com because Rock Auto is the only place that I go for any of my auto parts needs because – First of all, it's super simple, and that's what I love about it because I don't know a ton about cars. I'm going to be straight up with you, but I've used Rock Auto now multiple times, and even me, I was able to go in in a few easy clicks. I found the part that I needed. I got it delivered straight to my house because the thing is, is like car trouble is the worst. Like Nobody has money for extra things, right? Nobody has money for car issues, but when you have a place like Rock Auto where you know you're going to find the part that you need and also get it at the best price, 
that takes away some of that headache. And I can't tell you what that convenience brings to the table while also knowing that you're getting the best price, right? You don't have to go to the chain auto parts store and have a guy search through a computer and ask you a bunch of questions you don't know the answer to. Go to rockauto.com, get a simple experience, find the part that you need and get it at the best price. Save money. Shouldn't have to talk you guys into that one for sure. But make sure you guys go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. <laughs> I fake David out. You almost started trying to answer the question. You didn't realize it was just a rockauto.com ad. All right, guys. Well, smooth as butter. <laughs> yeah, I never forgot to tease though. A guy like Shervarius Ward, which is who we're getting into in this segment. I mean, that is another cheaper option at corner that the Chargers could potentially target and another guy that they've been linked to. So according to Jeremy Fowler from ESPN, he reported you know, that Shervarius Ward has emerged as a key player in the cornerback market and should be paid quite well. Expect the Chargers and the San Francisco 49ers to be interested, among others. So the paycheck is going to... I think have a lot to do with this one, David. I mean, I, I really like the thought of adding someone who is young, you know, younger than a Stephon Gilmore, someone that you can add that gives you a boost in the cornerback room while not potentially costing $18 million per season. I think it's going to be a little bit more than this, but PFF has it as three years, $10.5 million, 31.5 total, 19.25 guaranteed. So I really like a two-year contract. With, you know, for $10 million per season, somewhere about that, especially depending on what the dead money is in that third season. So not a huge time investment. Like, you know, if it doesn't work out, you can obviously probably get out of it in two seasons the way Tom Tulesco likes to set things up. But this is an interesting option here, David, because with Traverius Ward, you're getting a guy that you're taking away from the Chiefs who might have trouble re-signing him and a guy that is coming off his best season as a 26-year-old. Yeah, I mean, you love the age. Another guy that's in the prime of his life and the prime of his, his football career here. He's a Super Bowl champion. He had 60 tackles with eight stops. The biggest thing for me that I love that just jumps off the stat sheet, only three missed tackles all season. That is gigantic. You know Brandon Staley loves those corners that can tackle, that can support the run. This is a guy who absolutely can do that. Two interceptions. Passer rating allowed of only 77, reception percentage allowed of only 50%, and another guy who's only surrendered eight touchdowns in his four-year career. So this is a very, very good player. I, I think he's not really talked about at, in the same breath as a J.C. Jackson, but looking at the stats, I mean, he should be close. I mean, this is a very, very good option, especially if you don't want to spend $20 million per season. I mean, at $10 million, I would – I'd get that deal done immediately, but there's no way that that's going to happen. I'm thinking more along the lines of a 12 to 12 to 14 per mil, um, you know, million per year contract, um, which still I would love to sign. I, I think I would, I would sign him to that contract. This is a, a young player who has a good pedigree, who is a great tackler. And I think all of those components mix very well with Brandon Staley and the Chargers defense. Yeah, I mean, I think he truly is a very underrated free agent prospect, right? And I think it's yeah. a guy that, you know, will get a lot of attention from NFL teams. Oh, because yeah. the thing is, is he might be, you know, flying under the radar for, you know, the normal people like us, you know, that aren't thinking about that all the time. And I mean, overshadowed, I think, by some other big names in the cornerback free agent market, especially. I mean, we haven't even talked about a guy like Carlton Davis. Yeah. Right. Someone like that who has, you know, could be a number one corner for you as well. So, like, 
to have a chance to get this guy, even though you know he's not, I mean, you don't know if he's going to be dominant, goes back to what I was saying in the last segment. Like, I think this dude could easily outplay that contract, right? Like, not just live up to it. I mean, there's a good chance he's more likely not to live up to it, too. Like, you know, then he's, you know, you have less certainty there. It is more risky, but you're also spending less money and you have a guy who could vastly outplay that, like the charge did, you know, with a Casey Hayward or someone like Definitely. that. I know some people could see that as being cheap and not going after the big fish and settling for someone like Traverius Ward, but you need bodies there, right? And you also and need also, a lot I of players. Call this settling. I mean, this is a really good football player. Don't settling you know, only in comparison to J.C. Jackson, right? That, that's sure. the big thing. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I think with this, is just like, you're right, it's not settling. This would be a huge boost to your cornerback room. You know you need depth there, so, like, you have to – you feel like you need to bring something in in free agency because it doesn't seem like one draft pick is going to change that, right? You still need to draft there too. Build succession plans, right? Build depth at that position, something the Chargers really struggled with when Tavon Campbell got on the field, got exposed. When Trey Marshall got on the field, got exposed, right? That was one thing that we saw over and over again last year. Yep. This guy allows you to add to your cornerback room, make that room better, and also still gives you the flexibility to attack other big needs in free agency. Yeah, make more moves. I mean, so, you know, 12 to 14 million is a lot easier to swallow. And you can manipulate that contract to where, you know, you can lower the cap hit and you can spread that around. And yes, that gives you a lot more ammunition to keep going. And, you know, the Chargers cap number was like 56 million. I mean, it's like 58, 50, yeah. 58 million. It's a foregone conclusion that they're going to cut Brian Belaga. I think that's a that's going to automatically add 10 more million dollars to that cap space number so they're going to have a you know quite a bit of money to spend but depending on how they use that money and sign these contracts and who they're going to bring back is going to determine what level of free agent they're going to be able to go after is it going to be a jc jackson or is it going to be a Sharverius ward but um there's not a great there's not a giant gap between those two guys talent wise um which is why i think both of those guys are a great option between jc jackson and Sharverius ward Oh, I yeah. disagree. I think there's a, a there's definitely a substantial talent gap to me just in the one area of ball skills, right? One dude is sure, just yeah, getting I, you the I ball back that. at such a substantially better rate. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, which one of those guys is likely most likely to live up to that contract? Like, sure. I mean, JC Jackson's the more sure thing. It's a much bigger contract you have to live up to, much more chances for things to go terribly wrong. Like if Terrarius oh, yeah. Ward doesn't work out, you know. Maybe he just turns into a special teams player for you, right? Obviously, that's too much to pay for one. But, like, there's other ways, even if he's not as good of a player as he was last year, that you can get some use out of that, and you're probably out of it in two seasons. But you'd still, I mean, because, yeah, you can add that $10 million for Brian Bulaga, but we just predicted, predicted that Mike Williams will resign with the Chargers, too. So now take another $18.5 million off of that for now until he potentially gets that extension. So I do think it's not as much as it sounds like because the Chargers – have so few players under contract ready to go for next season. Like those little contracts are going to add up. It's going to eat away at that space. And it's going to make you have to, you know, make some tough decisions on a new Chen Nuosu who might be asking double digit millions potentially, right? On a Kazir wire, you're going to pay another linebacker when the last big linebacker contract you gave out was Donald Butler. So like, there's a lot of things that go into it. And I just think it is going to go by a little bit quicker. Maybe one marquee, you know, free agent signing, and there is one out there that would be a big splash in Von Miller, Super Bowl champion with two different teams now, the Rams and the Broncos. And now he is out here doing, you know, living his best life, knowing he's going to become a free agent and sending out all the different messages 
out into the world. But Dev Kleiman said that Von Miller is expected to decide between staying with the Rams or sign with the Chargers, the Packers, or returning to the Broncos. So if you're going based on his Instagram page, you'd think you'd be returning to the Broncos more than likely. So, I mean, I love the fit. I think he's a great player opposite of Joey Bosa. I don't know if it's necessarily likely, you know, I, I think he's maybe third on the list of preferences as it is right now. And maybe that would mean you would have to go overpay him to try to take him away from those other teams. Which which comes with risk. He's 33 years old. You know, he's been in the league 11 years. He is a future first ballot Hall of Famer without doubt. And uh, potentially $17 million on average per season. Two years, $17 million per $34 million total over two years is what the projection is, at least from PFF, to give you a reference. And I'm not paying that. I'm going to tell you oh. that right now. No, I'm not. If I'm the Chargers, if I'm Tom Telesco, I am not signing that contract. That's a crazy amount of money. He had nine sacks last year, which is great. Um, but he had <laughs> he's had zero 10-plus sack seasons since 2018. So that that production has declined. Um, one good thing, though, 37 tackles last year, and 35 of those were stops. So he was pretty effective against the run, which is you know an underrated part of his game. Uh, you don't really you know get you don't really hear get called out a lot. So still gets after the quarterback at a decent rate. And hey, I mean, obviously in, in a perfect world, having Joey Bosa and Von Miller, I mean, two of the most vaunted pass rushers in the AFC West in AFC West history playing on the same team, on the same field, getting after the quarterback at the same time, that should be terrifying for anyone. I think I'd make the deal, uh, to be honest with you. I know it's a lot of money. I mean, obviously, you know, that's that's your one marquee signing. You'd have to go and find some really good contracts to kind of fill out the rest of the roster if you were to do that, especially with the Mike Williams situations as we're seeing it now. Still had 60 pressures last year, and, like, that dude was, you know, him and, and Aaron Donald were the two best defensive players in the 2021-2022 playoffs. Like, what that dude yeah. did in the playoffs to win the Rams games in the playoffs in a single elimination format to help them get that Super Bowl, the dude still has it. I mean, but he also is posting pictures on Instagram saying, you know, should I be number 58 or number 40 when I go back to the Broncos? Or I wonder if they'll give me my old locker back. Sounds like, I mean, Orich is a brilliant, you know, strategy of, hey, I'm going to put this out. There's a Rams. You better get ready to bring out the, the checkbook, right, and, and back up the Brinks truck because if not, I'm just going to go home, be with my chickens in Denver and, you know, go <laughs> ride off in the sunset of the fairy tale ending of leaving for half a season and going to win a Super Bowl. And have the, you know, the Broncos come up with trade assets from that, right? Draft capital from that. And also getting back a first ballot Hall of Fame player. Well, but it's he's like just the- such a good compliment for Joey Bosa. That's that's the biggest thing for me. He's the perfect answer, but he's also not, you know, part of the youth movement either. No, he's not. He's definitely not. But I mean, it just seems to me a little bit like the Broncos realized last year that they were not going to win a championship. They wanted to do right by their best player, one of their franchise's best players. And they traded him to a contender, and that worked out to turn into a Super Bowl championship. Because of that, because that happened, I think that bad blood we were talking about before the show is probably not there anymore. It's like, hey, I, I won yeah. a ring, I got another title, um, I appreciate it. Now I can come home and and do whatever I want. Well, and even at his age, right? I mean, to do to put up the numbers he still put up last season, and also, I mean, he did miss the entire twenty twenty season, so obviously that is a concern. But like outside of that. 
I mean, the other seven seasons in the last eight years, he's played 15 games or more. So the dude has been super durable as well. Probably another really underrated part of his game is just being able to be out there. You put him outside of Joey Bosa on the opposite side, like not only is it going to get Bosa better matchups, it's going to get Von Miller better matchups, right? And we saw when he was on that defensive line with Aaron Donald, with a Leonard Boyd, what he was able to do. And it was, you know, a big part of the Rams winning a championship in, in 2021. It was huge. And Nash is a player that doesn't come available sometimes, but it's also, you know, taking a risk on an elder statesman, but also showing some urgency of we're going for it right now. Von Miller is a win now move. That's not a building for the future move. That's a win now move. And that's one of the things I would appreciate if it happened, not going to happen. I don't think at this point, but Tomorrow, we'll be back with you guys with an even more important show because we will know whether or not Mike Williams is going to be back with the Chargers for sure or not in the 2022 season. We'll know about the franchise tag and we'll be here to react if the Chargers will be able to get a multi-year extension done if the deal gets done or where do they go next if they don't get a deal done. So to make sure you don't miss it, go subscribe to the new Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. We appreciate you guys checking out the show and making us your first listen. If you guys need a second listen, you want to stay up with everything in the NFL draft, make sure to check out the Lockdown NFL Draft Show that we used the mock from yesterday. Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy over there doing big things. But to make sure you don't miss this show, you can also follow us on all of our social media because we post the show there every day as well. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. Fan Mail Friday is also rapidly approaching, guys. It's never too early to get your questions in, so if you want to, you can hit us up at LockdownLAC on Twitter, or you can call into the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line at 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But make sure you're back here tomorrow. Set your notifications. Make sure you're subscribed, because we'll be back tomorrow with our Mike Williams reactions to the franchise tag deadline. But until then, take it easy, and go Bolts.